Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Aron. And I'm Nicole. And today we're talking six valuable life lessons you'll learn in the gym. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 121 of the Eat Right Nutrition podcast. Today, we are talking about valuable lessons that we've learned in the gym that we think some of you might have learned in the gym, whether you realize it or not. And if you haven't learned these lessons, these are things that you will learn in the gym that will carry over into other areas of your life. And this is where I think the gym can be one of the most useful tools for your life. And Nicole, this is where we, and we've had conversations about this, where the gym is more than just your health and fitness. The gym is also your self-confidence, your mental health, your relationships with other people, right? All of those things change and evolve and you grow as a result of being involved in this process. It's kind of like this journey that you're going on of self-realization, self-actualization, all of the things that you you're growing as a person and I think it's important to realize that. And for anybody listening to this podcast who is maybe early on in their journey, stick with it and use those lessons that you use in the gym in other areas of your life. And you will be surprised at, you'll surprise yourself. You will be wildly successful in other areas of your life if you take these valuable lessons and and you kind of attribute them to other areas of your life. So I want to start with the first thing, Nicole, that I, I didn't put on this initial outline that I kind of thought about after the fact, um, because this is something that I realized basically from 2020 on that if I want to be successful in a different area of my life, right? Like I've always been this, I was successful in bodybuilding Mm -hmm. and I achieved a physique that, you know, other people were like, wow, like you've achieved this great physique and you look great and this and that. But for a very long time, that was it, right? Like that was all I had. And it wasn't until I realized the journey that got me there, I needed to take that and transition to transition other areas of my life in the same manner. And what I mean by that is the journey that gets you from point A to point B to point C to point D and so on and so forth in fitness, we the way we coach it is it's all about habits. That is no different than and it took me so many years to realize this, that that is no different than other areas of your life. In order to be successful in fitness and nutrition, you need to be able to say, okay, well, where am I now? And what habits do I need to develop in order to become the person that I envision that I want to become? Mm -hmm. And along the way, it's just, it's tiny little habits, right? It's okay, well, I need to go grocery shopping and I need to change my habits around what I'm buying at the supermarket. I need to make sure that I'm getting adequate protein. I need to make sure that I'm getting adequate steps. I need to make sure that I'm doing cardiovascular exercise. I need to make sure that I'm getting adequate sleep. I need to make sure that I'm managing my stress. Maybe I'm meditating. I'm developing the the habit of meditation. I need to make sure that I'm doing all of these little tiny things 
in order to eventually build up these habits is kind of like I, I look at it in this way where you tell yourself, okay, well, what does the person that I want to become, what is that person? What do they do? What does their day to day look like? And what habits have they developed? And how am I going to go about developing those habits? And that is true. What I realized later on is that that is true both inside and outside of the gym. The only way that I was successful in bodybuilding was by over a long period of time developing small habits. And those those things that I developed just ended up staying with me. And they were just things that I just religiously did over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And the same applies to your life. If you, let's say, are not a good student right now, well, what do the habits of a good student look like, right? They come to class prepared. They take notes. They do their homework early, right? They study every single day. They read more frequently. That area of your life, you have to develop those habits, right? So if I want to be a good student, I need to develop the habits of somebody who is a good student. And those habits may be slightly different for, for you versus somebody else, but what is it going to end up looking like for you as an individual, right? If I want to, I don't know, Nicole, what's another example of like something in your life that you would have to develop these types of habits for? Well, I would go deeper. You know me, I like to do that into the thought process, the thought dialogue and the mindset that you have towards a goal. So an example for me would be if you're someone that's trying to lose weight and you're getting on the scale every day and the scale isn't going in the direction that you want it to go, or maybe it's not changing as fast as you want it to go. And the inner dialogue or thought process is this sucks. I can't do it. Nothing ever changes. I don't know why I can't make this happen. For me, the, the stuff in the gym is the kind of the silent work that you have to put in behind the scenes in order for the scale to change. And so being able to accept that you have to do things that aren't going to give you an immediate result or change and that there's got to be some patience and some silence of things happening in the background before you actually get on the scale and see something change. The mindset and the discipline and the patience behind doing the work, even though you don't see the change, is something that I think is an incredible practice for people to develop when they're working on a goal or showing up in the gym. Another example would be if I walk on the treadmill and I do my one mile run. And the first time I do the one mile run, I'm sweating and panting and I can barely get through the mile and everything sucks and I feel like a failure. But every time I go in, I do the one mile run. It's still going to be hard every single time I do it, but it gets a little bit better and a little bit better. But you you feel the changes in the time that you're doing it. Even though it's hard every time that you do it, you know that you're getting better and better. So that to me is not a silent change because you actually can feel the difference each time you go in. I feel like the most incredible gifts that you can get out of going into the gym are the times when they're hard, things aren't changing, you still have to put it in the work and show up. And then eventually down the line, your patience, your persistence, and your discipline eventually gets you to the goal. So I like the whole idea behind things not happening quickly and you still have to show up and do them. Well, I mean, those things that you're talking about, even mindset wise, like your mindset is a habit, right? Yes. You you have the hat. And this is what we need to understand. Like the story that we keep telling ourselves, we're habitually telling ourselves that story, right? So when you talk about mindset stuff, I kind of think of 
positive versus self, uh, negative self-dialogue. What story are you telling yourself every day? Who are you telling yourself that you are? You're going to be that person because you have the habit of telling yourself that you're that person, right? Mm-hmm. So it's very important that you develop the habits in, inside and outside of the gym of telling yourself, hey, I am capable. I And, and kind of saying like, telling yourself that starting to change the dialogue where you're telling yourself, okay, well, I will do this or I am going to do this and not maybe I'll do this or mm-hmm. like you talk about, I should do this, mm-hmm. right? Shooting on yourself. You've talked about that previously. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think all those things are habits too. And it's important to kind of recognize that even your thoughts are all they are. All a habit is, is you're, you're just constantly reinforcing a neural network mm-hmm. that is there. And it gets that, that groove in your brain gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And you have to kind of shift gears and create that habit of doing something else where it becomes automatic, right? Once that groove is deep enough, it becomes something automatic for you that you don't even have to think about. Mm-hmm. You just do it, right? And that's why we call them habits. They're they're not they're not actions that are thought of. Yeah. I just think there's the silent, like well, what I talk about with clients is the season of silence and then the season of chaos and then the season of success. And so seasons of silence are times where you're putting work in, but you're not seeing a lot of changes in the immediate time. Seasons of chaos of what is when even though there's a lot going on in life, you're still showing up to the gym. You're still making the best decisions you can around your nutrition, even though it may not be, quote unquote, perfect. And then the seasons of change are when you've gotten through the seasons of silence and the seasons of chaos. And then all of a sudden you're like, there it is. My pants fit a little bit better or those neural networks that you're talking about are starting to happen. I'm actually seeing my body as something positive instead of something negative. And it takes time in those that progression. So anything that we learn in life is going to take practice. So that's the other piece that I think is important too. All right. So moving along, I want to talk about, since we talked about habits, I want to talk about consistency. Okay. Because in order, first of all, in order to develop habits, you need to be consistent. But in order to be successful in anything, you need to do something consistently. And this is something that gets overlooked in people's fitness journey is, well, why am I not seeing results? And I'm like, well, because you're not consistent. You're working out one week, you're not working out the next. You're eating adequate protein one week, you're not eating adequate protein the next. Mm-hmm. You're consuming too much fat one week, and then you're toning it down another week. You're eating too many calories one week, and then you're toning it down another week. Right. All of these things that like I just think oftentimes, especially in the beginning of people's fitness journeys, and, and you do see people shift away from this when they start to actually realize when you coach them out of this, they realize, oh, well, you're like, you're right. I can't just one week be on track and the next week not be on track. I have yeah. to consistently do it. And any process in your life in which you want to grow and develop that takes consistency over long periods of time. I think that's also one of the things that we learn in the gym too, is that it takes a very, 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 very long time. I could just add a million varies to that <laughs> to get to where you're going, right? Because if if I look at, and I say this all the time, I know what people want. People want to have that magazine, maybe not everybody, right? But a lot of people that I come across, they want to have that cover of the magazine look, not realizing that that person trained for a minimum of five years, if not 10 years to get on the cover of that magazine. And also that magazine probably has a little bit of photoshopping involved. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. 
And also the one of the other things I actually had had this conversation with somebody the other day. I was in the gym and we were talking about the image on social media and what people want to see or or what people see and what they want to achieve. And I I kind of thought about this. So it was Mark Carroll posted on Instagram. He posted a before and after from one of his clients. You could see like huge transformation in the picture on the left. The girl looked like she looked like she worked out, but she was heavier. She had a decent amount of body fat on her frame. And then the picture on the right, she was ready for a competition. If I I I went to because the girl was tagged in the post, I went to her page and I I scrolled down and it was like let's let's say it was like a twenty week prep. I scrolled down to that point of twenty weeks, and in that point of twenty weeks, she didn't look like that at all on her Instagram. Mm-hmm. Right, so that tells me that there. And this is just to the point of like what people want to look like. And I guess I'm getting a little bit off on a tangent here, but you know, she everyone's posting their best. And people are looking at these things and they're expecting it. And I think that that is maybe it's not off topic because I think that perpetuates people being in a rush. I want to look like this person looks all the time. Well, guess what? That person doesn't look like that all the time, because guess what? 20 weeks ago, she looked completely different than 20 weeks ago on her own Instagram page. Yeah, yeah, You get what I'm saying? So that's kind of my point is that, like, I think we're always in a rush. We're always in a rush to achieve things. And you know what, Nicole? I've realized this with my process now with school. And it, I don't let it bother me anymore. At at first I was like, I can't like fucking people just don't get it. Like I am enjoying the journey of school and I'm learning and I'm growing so much in the process and how much I've learned in the last two years has been like exponential. Right. Mm -hmm. And I get people that are like, well, don't you just want to get it done already? Like, well, now you want to do another degree? Like, don't you want to just be done with it already? And I'm like, well, why? I'm having fun doing it. And it's I think people just always think of the end result and the end goal. And oftentimes, like when people go to school, for example, they're thinking, I just want to graduate to get this job. And people think the same way with fitness that, well, I just want to get these workouts over with and I want to get these six months over with so I can get that physique. Right. And that is people's big issue is that this it's not you need to a be consistent and B, you also need to you need to enjoy and love the fucking journey. Like you have to, you have to fall in love with the journey and that, and it won't matter. The yeah. end result will never, that you'll never have an end result because you just love doing it. Well, and so the life lesson here that's pretty powerful is that you can set a goal and get to the end of the goal, graduate, get the body you want, get the strength that you want, hit the PR that you want, et cetera, et cetera. And when you get to the end result, the the, the thought behind how you're going to feel may be very different than you think, because we talked about this many times. You get the body you want, and then you're still disappointed and not happy because you thought it was going to fix everything in life to have that six pack or be ripped or get and it doesn't fulfill that. So the journey going through is what you want to really pay attention to, because I say this all the time. That's not only where you learn everything. And where you start to figure out what you really want, but the end result of getting the body may not be what you actually, it's what you thought you wanted, but then you get there and you're like, wow, I learned 
that I can be patient with myself. I learned that I can have a little more flexibility in my food plan. I learned that I can really love these types of workouts instead of these types of workouts that I thought I needed to have to get the body. And I actually like these workouts better. And I think I'm going to stick with that and still get a better body, but it doesn't have to be perfect. Things change and morph as you go through the process. So the process is where you actually learn and grow and enjoy and have fun. And the end result can look different. Let me add a point to what you're saying, because if you don't allow yourself to learn and grow through the process and you end up being stuck in that mentality of I need to do it this way, that's where you end up also not enjoying the process. Yeah. And you don't learn anything. And and then the life, you know, listen, life lessons in the gym. I mean, I could go on and on. We could make this an epic podcast and I could continue to talk forever because everything I've learned about myself in life have been the times when I have failed, been afraid and, you know, had the kind of the thoughts that I was never going to be able to get out of whatever situation I'm in. Sometimes it's when I'm under a squat rack, a squat bar, and I feel like I'm not going to be able to stand up because the weight's too heavy. And what was I thinking? And sometimes that's when I'm in a relationship and I think this isn't the best thing for me. I probably should get out. To me, both of those things are the same thing. You have to dig deep and figure out why things didn't work out the way they you thought they were going to, but you figure it out either quick when you're under the squat bar to stand up or within a relationship and the communication and the things that you need to change. So Nicole, that brings me into number three. Discomfort is a prerequisite for growth. Yes. And I want to talk to it. I want to talk about it from kind of a physiological standpoint of what's going on inside of your body when you're in the gym and you're physically growing muscle, like building muscle. Mm -hmm. And then I also want to talk about how that is basically the same thing in terms of overall life lessons. Yeah. And overall growth and development in life because what essentially what happens and you can almost say like the physical growth is kind of a metaphor for for life, right? Mm-hmm. So the way I describe exercise to people and getting results in building muscle is that you can't just expect to lift weights and not be uncomfortable and not create a stress on the system. Essentially what happens is your body adapts to stress when you're in the gym. You need to put then this is why we say exercise is a stressor because it's a stressor that gives you a response where your body needs to adapt. It's kind of like a survival mechanism, right? So think about it like this. You're doing a bench press and you struggle and you're really fighting through the last three reps of your bench press. That is going to induce growth because your body thinks, oh shit, if I can't do this, I'm not going to be able to survive. So you rebuild and you grow and you end up being stronger. That is what it takes is it takes a stressor and it takes some level of discomfort in order to build muscle. And oftentimes in the gym, what I see is people lifting these lightweights without much effort. And if you're not putting in effort in the gym and you're not uncomfortable, you are not going to grow and you're not going to build and develop muscle. Now, from a life standpoint, anytime that I have been in an extremely uncomfortable position where it was like back against the wall. And Nicole, I use the example of when I had moved to Boston and I had just gone through a breakup Mm -hmm. and I had never lived on my own because I was a mama's boy and (laughs) I grew up on Long Island. I did what typical Long Islanders do is I, you know, spent a bunch of time living at home under mom and dad's roof. And then finally I dated a woman who was like 
you need to move out. And then we moved in together, but I had never been by myself. Mm-hmm. So we had moved to Boston together. And I think within a six month time frame, probably even less, we had broken up and she had left and I had two options. I was like, I could go back home or I can stick it out and I can figure it out. And I was really uncomfortable with being on my own. But fast forward years later, now when I look back on that time, I needed that discomfort in order to grow. I really needed that discomfort <laughs> in order to become a man, right? Yeah. In order to figure out, well, I, how do I pay the bills? How do I like, well, I got to <laughs> clean. I got to do my own laundry. Like, oh my God, I can't even but, hear it. <laughs> but that that is that is what I went through. And yeah. through that, I grew exponentially. So the point that I'm trying to make is that every time that you're uncomfortable, both inside and outside of the gym, that is where growth happens. And outside of the gym, you when you're faced with a difficult situation and you're faced with an uncomfortable situation, you need to kind of reframe it and immediately tell yourself, I may not see the lesson in this now, Mm -hmm. but there is a lesson in this somewhere. So I'm going to ride this out and I'm going to come out the other end and I'm going to be stronger. The same way that you're going to ride out your bench press and you're going to come out the other end and you're going to be stronger. Mm -hmm. I think the problem solving skills are what are developed in those times too. Like, how do I do my laundry? Well, you can call mom and ask mom how you do your laundry. You can look it up on in Google or YouTube or whatever. You figure out ways to get things done. I think the gym stuff is is that way, too. You know, if you're in the gym and you don't know how to use equipment, you ask. Instead of just not doing it, you get to use your resources and and figure things out or play around and have fun. And instead of I think people make the gym, I think, like really heavy, like from a atmosphere standpoint, I'm like, it really doesn't have to be that big of a deal. It's just a bunch of equipment. Just play around. and. No, but I think you need to go. You need to. I think you need to definitely go into the gym. Yes, you need to have fun doing what you're doing, but you also need to go to the gym and with intent. And you need well, to work yes, but, out with intent and you need yes, to really ask push. questions and but not yeah. even just that, just from a a, stand, a physical standpoint of, oh, yeah, you have Challenge. to push. You have to push hard. It has to be challenging. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But I also think there's progression in that, too. Like, you don't need to go into the gym tomorrow if you've never been in the gym before and go balls to the wall and push. You can go in one step at a time. There's levels. There's levels to this shit. The next thing I want to talk about, which kind of relates to the discomfort piece, is failure is necessary for growth. And if we look at the current body of research around hypertrophy training, Mm -hmm. it would suggest that anywhere from three reps left in the tank to zero reps left in the tank, which means that you're going to failure, uh, is important for optimally stimulating muscle protein synthesis. Now, that's not saying that you're not going to grow if you have four or five reps left in the tank, but what is shown to be optimal in the gym is going either to failure or close to it. Now, Mm -hmm. obviously you don't want to fail all the time because that would be too exhausting and taxing on your system. Just like in life, you don't want to fail all the time because that would be too exhausting and taxing on you mentally because you're just going to be like, well, I'm a fucking failure, right? So there are limits to certain things, but failure is necessary for growth, both inside and outside of the gym. The gym is a place where you intentionally chase failure. And if you're not, 
then you're not, you're not really pushing yourself to the limit to get where you want to go. And the same goes for like, people are always afraid of trying new things yeah. because they're afraid of failure. They're afraid of what other people are going to think, mm-hmm. right? They're, they have this fear of all these things, right? And they don't realize that like the most successful people, they fail. Like I would rather fail trying yeah. than, than being afraid and never trying because guess what happens? When you're afraid to try and when you're afraid to fail, you're guaranteed to fail because you never tried. You know, as cliche as it sounds, and I, I did I did kind of uh, jot this down here, the Michael Jordan quote. Which is? I've missed 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. And yeah. I think that that is super important, and I think it's coming from one of the most yeah. endeared athletes, arguably the greatest of all time, and it's the theme is about failure, right? A lot of people who are successful in business, they're like, you can start a hundred businesses. You only need to be right once. Yeah. So you can fail 99 times. And that one business is going to take you where, where you need to be. Right. And that's how you need to kind of think of going into things. You want to fail because there are lessons in failure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, going into the gym, you want to ensure that you're failing because failure is going to lead to growth and outside of the gym, Failure is also going to lead you to growth in achieving the things that you want to achieve. Agree. That's why we can't get caught up in all the things that aren't going right in your nutrition program or your strength training program or your sleep site or your sleep um, hygiene. Learn from what's going off, what's off and what's not going right and then pivot, make changes and keep moving instead of getting we've talked about this many times, getting stuck in that loop of not knowing how to fix things or being so sad about it not being so perfect or not happening right away that you get stuck in that place and you literally just sit there and idle instead of moving on and making the changes that you need to make or asking better questions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, There's a book that I read, Nicole. uh, I didn't read the book. I listened to the audio book, but Be Your Future Self Now by Benjamin Hardy. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that he talks about is that there aren't failures and there aren't mistakes. There's only lessons, right? Mm -hmm. And we'll keep, we'll continue to like kind of have these patterns and these things of uh, these quote unquote failures until Mm -hmm. we actually learn, like we'll continue to fail until we learn the lesson. Yeah, yeah. And, and And I think that that's very powerful because it's important to note that it's necessary, right? It's that, that kind of tells you that that's just, it's just like, well, life's trying to teach you something. Yeah. So em- embrace those quote unquote mistakes or embrace those uh, failures that you're going through because it's just life trying to teach you something. And until you learn it, you're going to continue to fail, which is okay. It's perfectly fine. Yeah, it's it's more than fine. It's part of the process. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I want to say that I've learned in the gym, Nicole, is that planning is necessary for success. And mm-hmm. I can say something along the lines of, I don't know, Failing to plan is planning to fail. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Kai Green, professional bodybuilder, if you guys don't know him, used to always say something that really stuck in my head. And I used to use this when I taught courses uh, with the CrossFits, doing the nutrition stuff with them. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. Mm-hmm. And being prepared and planning is going to help you along the process. You always need to come with a plan. And I'm not talking about a big long-term plan for your life. Although I think that that is important, but it's also important to realize that with a long-term plan for your life, 
or even a long-term plan for your physique, that things are going to change and that's not going to go exactly as Mm -hmm. planned. However, what I'm talking about really is more so planning and preparing on a day-to-day basis and preparing for the tasks ahead and realizing that you really, in order to be successful in anything, both inside and outside of the gym, you really need to focus on what am I doing today? Right. And I think oftentimes there's a separation where people are thinking too far ahead and they're trying to achieve everything and they're trying to do all these things and they're trying to plan for all these things. The day they don't realize that it's not about the big picture as much as it is the day to day, because the day to day is what's going to get you to that big picture. Mm-hmm. So I think planning, okay, well, what is my workout going to look like? I need to follow some kind of a program because that's how I'm going to be most successful. I'm not just going to go to the gym and do random exercises every time I go in. I mean, (laughs) you can do that and you may get some results, but at some point you're going to have to follow a progressive overload program where you are constantly progressing. And when we look at it from a a training standpoint, we talk about microcycles, mesocycles, Mm -hmm. macrocycles, and planning out not, we plan out the day, we plan out the week, we plan out the month, we plan out the entire year. Right. And we're just constantly as coaches for our clients, we're constantly planning. We have a big picture plan, but we also have the day to day and week to week and month to month plan. And I think it's very important. Like I can say, okay, well, I'm going to put you in three months of hypertrophy training where you're going to build muscle. But in order to continue to build muscle, I'm going to have to at some point give you some lower rep ranges where you are going to be doing let's say one rep maxes or three reps or five reps, right? You're going to be doing low repetitions so that you can build strength. And then eventually you can go back into a hypertrophy phase and translate that strength into more muscle because now you're doing a higher weight for more repetitions in like a 10 to 12 or eight to 12 repetition range. And that was meticulously planned. That's something that as coaches, we plan. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important in other areas of your life to plan that way too. Like, what am I going to do in the month ahead? Maybe you need to mark your calendar. Maybe you need to uh, put it in. I do everything in my, in my phone and my outlook calendar and they're, they're synced and okay, what do I have coming up next month? And how am I going to strategize and plan my month to make sure that I'm successful and I'm executing on all the things that I want to execute on and that I'm not wasting time because if I'm not planning, I'm, I'm very likely to waste a lot of time instead of being efficient. And I, I talk about this. I think this is something that we talked about with Joey Munoz when we talked about like the work day, for example. I don't know if this was offline or online. So I don't know if it was in our last podcast, but if you didn't listen to our last podcast, it was a banger and you probably should listen to our last podcast. The the work day, right? Like for example, if you plan your work day versus not planning your work day, in reality, most people really work on an eight hour day. They probably only work four hours. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you can just plan a productive four hours, you can get done what you would do in an eight hour day and you don't really need to stretch out the day that far. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I think planning ahead is is super important. And I think it's in order to plan, you need to a have a clear vision of what you want to achieve and B, you need to make sure that you are your your goal setting for yourself. Right. And you're in mm-hmm. goal setting. We always talk about Uh, setting yourself up with the SMART criteria, right? Your goals need to be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, or relevant, depending on where you're looking at, you know, whose definition of the SMART goal. And then it also has to be time bound, right? And if you have these goals already set up for you, then you're able to strategize and map it out and plan ahead for what you want to do. Yeah, agree. 
All right, Nicole, let's talk about the last one, which is work hard, rest hard. And I think there's if there's one thing that successful gym goers have in common, it's that they work very, very hard, like we talked about, over long periods of time, mm-hmm. day in and day out, and they're very consistent. And you definitely, like, those are the people that you see in the gym every morning at the same time, putting in work, mm-hmm. right? They plan their workouts. They've done all the things that we're talking about here. And let's be real, you know when you've given something you're all and you're not giving something you're all right. Like there's, there's a, I forget who said this, but in terms of like from the working hard standpoint, there's one thing that I, that I, that I realized with professional bodybuilders, for example, they can train like dog shit training, right? They can have like just a stupid program that doesn't really make sense. However, they work very, very hard. And that is what allows a lot of people to kind of get away with that. I mean, I think in the long term, if you're not really following a good solid program from a movement standpoint, you're likely to get injured down the road. Mm -hmm. Maybe not now, maybe not during your bodybuilding career, but at some point it may happen. But the one theme is that you can't take away from hard work, right? Like everybody who is successful in the gym is working very hard and you know when you're working hard and when you're not working hard, right? You have to have that realistic kind of real conversation with yourself. Mm-hmm. The only times that I've been upset with my results in my life has been when I, yep. I didn't work hard enough, right? Like, yeah. for example, I could get on a bodybuilding stage and I could place dead last, but I know that I worked hard, so I'm good. Yeah. Right? So I think it's very important to work hard at what you do and put in the time, and put in the blood, sweat, and tears. However, I think rest and recovery often gets overlooked, Mm -hmm. and we live in a society where people are constantly like, go, 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 you know, like the David Goggins, the I need this motivation, I need Eric Thomas, right? Like people are just constantly go, go, go. They do this with their careers, and they drive themselves into the ground. They do this with the gym. They don't take deload weeks. They don't take rest periods. They don't sleep enough. They're just like, I'll sleep when I'm fucking dead. And I'm like, there's a huge value to working hard, but there's also a huge value to resting hard. From a gym perspective, you grow and develop when you're resting. And the same thing goes like, if you're not rested and recharged in your life on your day-to-day grind, you, you need to develop some type of balance between work and rest so that you can continue to be productive. Because if you're tired all the time, you're not going to be efficient. And I think that's a big miss for people. Yeah. So balance, life lesson, balance. Yeah. Have balance, have balance between a lot of things too, though, Nicole, like I am realizing more and more as I grow and develop, and I'm sure you're realizing these things, you probably realize these things way ahead of me, but (laughs) let's be real. But the, the reality is you got to have some, you got to have balance with a lot of things. Like you need to have time to have fun. Mm -hmm. You need to have time to do other things that you love. Like I love my career. I love what I do. I love educating myself in the field of nutrition. Like there is nothing more, there's nothing outside of that, that I can see myself doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is why it's my chosen path. And I know that Nicole, you feel the same way you vibe with me on that. That's why we get along so well. In, in in especially like from a professional aspect, like we're on the same fucking page with that. Yeah. However, you need to have other things that you that you do outside of that. Right. And I and I I got lost in that when I was bodybuilding. That's all I did. And that that becomes an issue, right? Because that's like yeah. that was my personality. I identified as that. Like, what do I do without bodybuilding? 
Who am I even? Yeah. Right. So, and then, but that's true. That's how I felt. Yeah. Oh man, how are people going to perceive me? I'm not big Cito anymore. Yeah. Right. But the reality is, is that I will always be me and I will always like, I, I, you just need to have other things that you do outside of just this one, this one thing that you kind of quote unquote, I think it's very d- dangerous to identify with that one thing. And I think it's very important to have other areas of your life and have kind of balance. Yeah. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. That's pretty much it. I mean, listen, there are a ton of valuable lessons that you'll learn in the gym that you can carry over into other areas of your life. And I think that we have learned some very important lessons. The gym has taught us a lot and we've been able to carry it over into other areas of our life, into our relationships with other people. I mean, there's tons more that we can talk about here, but I think those are the ones that as of right now kind of just stuck out the most. So everything is habits consistency, discomfort is a prerequisite for growth. Failure is necessary for growth. You have to plan and you have to both work hard and rest hard. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, write a review, share this with a friend, and you'll hear us next week. 